Yeah, so uh, just prepare to... Uh, it'll be great. It'll be perfect. Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm going to be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. Who doesn't love the bounce castle? Hitler. Just prepare to... Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be awash in unbeatable goodness. Welcome Pacers fans. You are listening to The Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. This is episode 545, coming to you from the high school home of Jameson Brewer, Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm your host this week, Jason Triplett. This show, we're going to preview your... 21-22 Indiana Pacers. We're really living in the future. And if we have time, we'll babble about it under Google, but we probably <laughs> won't have time. So. Uh, joining me this week are three of our analysts, coast to coast, like <laughs> butter toast. First, from Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender, mixing up the drinks and the crappy jingles. It's John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? What is up, Undebeatables? Uh, I'm going to shout out to Kim. Um, He currently has not seen a minute of action in this uh, season, but uh, they said that he's probably going to be back after game four or five, so by the time you're hearing this, maybe he's played. So I'm assuming he came out and played great. Shout out, Karis LeVert. Shout out. out. And that voice you heard was coming from Boise, Idaho. Out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Excited for this Pacers team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before we sh- start the show, there's a couple ways you can support us. First, you can go to patreon.com and uh, sign up for a monthly donation. Uh, as little as a dollar a month. Every little bit helps us. Uh, secondly, if you use a little site called Amazon, which I believe you may have heard of, uh, if you follow the link in the show notes, you can support us there. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Just follow the link and buy, you know, well, your Amazon Christmas things. presents. They say you got to start early. It actually is probably too late. There Supply chain. Supply Get chain. on it now and it. Just start supporting your uh, your undebeatables. So I guess some of that sweet, sweet Amazon money. <laughs> That's right. They don't need it. We, uh, Jill and I were on, on vacation and. Um, where were we? Woodstock, uh, New York. And we went to a bookstore, and they had this postcard, which we still have, which said, if you made $500,000 every day selling books from the time that the printing press was invented until now, every day, half a million dollars, you would still not have as much money as Jeff Bezos. That's wow! <laughs> I did the math. That's it is insane. true. It's nuts. Okay, this week we are gonna preview, quote unquote, <laughs> your Indiana Pacers that by the time you've heard this have only played five games. Uh, 
And we're going to do this in uh, two phases. So first, we're going to introduce you to the newest Pacers, guys that you're uh, wondering, who's that handsome young devil and why is he on my basketball team? Uh, and then in the second part, we'll flesh out a little bit more our predictions on the season. So we did our Eastern Conference preview a week or so ago, uh, as you were hearing this, and uh, we gave our numbers, our wins prediction, but now we'll have to uh, back that up a little bit. So first up, we talked about this guy a lot on Monday's show, Chris, Chris Duarte, uh, the, the newest Pacers first-round draft pick. Uh, comes to us. He's a, as you know, a, a well-experienced, twenty-four-year-old individual from Puerto Plata, Dominican Republic. Played his high school or uh, sorry, college ball out uh, in Oregon, at least the last couple of years, because he went to junior yeah. college first, right? Yeah. It was I the sixth so. man on this junior college team that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was the uh, worked his way up and was the uh, Pac-10 Player of the Year his senior year in uh, Oregon. So very good. Uh, Colson, you got any fun facts? Yeah, I got about a this ton guy? of fun facts about this. This guy is is so interesting. He's had an uh, amazing uh, journey to the NBA. You know, uh, so you mentioned he was born in the Dominican Republic. Um, he um, his father died when he was uh, just like six months old, and uh, his stepfather. Uh, uh, really wanted to play baseball, which, you know, in the um, Dominican Republic, I think there's like, I don't know, like half the people who play in the Major League Baseball are from the Dominican Republic. Um, but he, he he didn't want to do that. He wanted to, to play basketball. And so uh, they sent him away to a, a prep school um, called Redem- uh, Redemption Christian. So he's not with his family at all. He's got no cell phone, nothing. All he has is basketball. Um he works his way through that and, and again, ends up going to a junior college because he does no recruits from major colleges. Uh, and then, you know, ends up as an Oregon Duck, uh, wins the Jerry West Award for the, the nation's uh, top shooting guard uh, in 2000, last year. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, just dedicated to, to, um, uh, to his craft. And uh, I'm, um, I'm very excited to hear. My, my, my fun fact probably about him, though, is that um, when he went to Florida? He did go to Florida. He, Juco at uh, Northwest Florida State, in as everyone knows, Niceville, Florida. Niceville. Oh yeah, at the Christian Re- uh, uh, Academy was in uh, Northfield, Massachusetts. Okay, and so um, mm-hmm. um, he was not used to the the food, uh, the language. I mean, of course, he was probably used to the escargot and and uh, you know pastries of France, Duarte. <laughs> uh, but he also uh, was unfamiliar with uh, black bears, and um, apparently, one tried to get um, one tried to get him. He saw a black bear for the first time. It was scary. So that's all I got. That's yeah. a fun fact. <laughs> I don't like crossing paths with bears. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, apparently uh, Northwest Florida State, part of the uh, Panhandle Conference. Mm. All schools in the Panhandle. Um, uh, Jay Billis called him uh, the poor man's uh, Clay Thompson. I'm fine with that. Mm. Um, And Brogdon said um, that 
Uh, he's willing to grow. That's the biggest thing uh, as a lottery pick. A young guy that is as talented as, and good as he is. I've seen a lot of guys in the league who don't want to listen. That they think they know it all already. But he's not like that. So, you know, come in polished, you know, four-year college player. Still still asking all the questions and trying to learn from the, from the NBA players. So that's good. 13 slots been pretty successful over the past decade or so, too. Seen uh, other notable 13th overall, Zach Levine, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and Tyler Hero. Holy cow. All since mm. 2014, selected in the 13th okay. slot. And uh, Lance Stevenson in this year's <laughs> Jesus. So. Exactly. Lucky number 13. Uh, yeah, you guys, uh, Pacers fans, are already seeing a ton um, out of this guy already. We're super excited. Uh, any predictions on nicknames for this mm. guy? Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be French no. related, okay. probably. <laughs> for reasons unknown. Escargo. Escargo. <laughs> there you go. Well done. Uh, okay, uh, next up, the Pacers uh, did some draft day deals to work their way up into the first round, get a, get another first round pick, Boo. and select Isaiah Jackson, <laughs> who uh, Colson hates for some irrational reason. No, 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 I hate the draft day deals. That's all. I hate the draft day deals. Isaiah Jumar Jackson uh, is... A 19-year-old rookie, so very inexperienced rookie, uh, compared to uh, yeah Duarte. Duarte will have to show him the uh, the ropes. That's right. He's got all show him the ropes. Yeah, all that experience. Uh, yeah, he's from uh, Pontiac, Michigan. Interesting thing about Isaiah Jackson: attended four different high schools uh, throughout his. Was he trying High to find career. the the right basketball team, or was he uh, getting kicked out? What's going on? That's a good question. I don't actually know. It, 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 he just transferred. I think he's basically just trying to play ball. So he started out at Ra, uh, Lutheran uh, Northwest High School in Rochester Hills, uh, Michigan. Uh, then went to Old Redford Academy in Detroit, and then played for Spire Academy in Geneva, Ohio. Uh, one of his teammates there was LaMelo Ball. Uh, so that's a, a plus. And then uh, for his senior season, transferred to Watford, Waterford Mott High School in Waterford, Michigan. That season, as a senior in high school, Jackson averaged 19.1 points, 13 rebounds, and a mere... 7.7 blocks per game. So he, he averaged that? He averaged 7.7 blocks per game. Phew. It's many blocks. That's, blocks. <laughs> That's two blocks a quarter. <laughs> Dude, people would stop running at him, wouldn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so the, um, the staff is super high on this guy. You know, my whole thing was, why are we going to trade – uh, Aaron Holiday, who's you know who's got the competitive gene and the clutch gene and the and is just a good all around dude for for a 19 year old kid. Um, apparently the the um, franchise is extremely high on him. Um, Kevin Pritchard said that we've not had uh, a talented athlete in this building probably since uh, Paul George. Uh, 
Um, not trying to compare them, mm. but as a pure out, uh, athlete, he does the, uh, some of the same things I've not seen in the gym in a long time. Um, Coach Rick Carlisle said his defensive versatility is absolutely breathtaking. I've not seen a guy move, block shots, change shots, and be able to guard any position on the floor the way I've seen him be able to do it. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Lavert says he can guard one to five. Okay. So that all sounds Which, pretty good. He's he's 19, so he's probably not done growing either. He's already 6'10". Yeah. Yeah. So. He also he said a Kentucky record for the lane agility drill when he was a freshman, which I don't really know what that is. But anytime you set a record at Kentucky's basketball program, <laughs> probably pretty good. Probably pretty athletic. Uh, so how much do you think we'll actually see of him this, this season? I mean, unless there's injuries. I mean, we've got a ton of big guys. We do have a ton of big guys, but it seemed like already in this first week that he's played himself ahead Goga. of uh, yeah. uh, Goga. Goga's not level, seeing his, right? his minutes. And I think that his uh, defensive flexibility is going to be his best asset, right? I mean, that's where he's going to come in and sort of uh, can spell Turner when he's in foul trouble. Yeah, which happens a lot, so that's good right. to have. Or maybe, yeah, you know, I think I made a bold prediction on Monday that uh, the sauce was going to be the um, uh, that was going to get Antetokounmpo to, to become more normal uh, in his basketball skills. He was just going to sh- shut him down. I mean, not shut him down. Nobody shuts him down. He's superhuman. But he was going to he's going to slow him down. Uh, maybe it's in fact Isaiah Jackson. We'll just uh, throw the throw the rookie on uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and see what happens. Seems like a good way to build some yeah, confidence in the young man. <laughs> right, Finals right. MVP. Yeah. Let him get 40 dropped on his head. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, no, I mean, I think he'll, he'll get some minutes to shine. I mean, Carlisle not um, very want to play rookies, but, um, you know, obviously he likes Duarte and has said very positive things about Jackson. So uh, I bet we'll see him a little bit. <clears throat> Next up, the Pacers' uh, big free agent acquisition this year, Tory Craig, uh, who last year played for both the um, the Bucks and the Suns, so was guaranteed a ring. Oh, regardless nice. of what happened in the finals. Um, which is why he just you know didn't play. Very, he was just like whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just <kidding. laughs> he's a he's a. Um, a journeyman sort of basketball player. I think he's he's been around the world playing basketball and is really like a uh, energy and effort uh, kind of 3 and D guy. So um, I uh, my prediction is that he's going to be a, a Pacers fan favorite by the end of the year. He's uh, going to go dive in for balls and, you know, hit a couple clutch threes, I think, is, is his destiny. Yeah, super hard worker, especially on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Didn't get here by raw Might talent. Actually grab a rebound. Yeah, or something. exactly. Uh, so, but he's one of those guys who really helped turn around that that Denver team defensively mm-hmm. too. So that bodes mm-hmm. that bodes well. We could use some of that right. magic. Yeah, you look at his career averages. It's it's five points, you know, three and a half rebounds and an assist, thirty two percent from the three point range. Yeah, you're right. He's not in this league for his offense. <laughs> 
but he was the New Zealand uh, National Basketball League MVP in 2015. Yeah. What? <clears throat> nice. So he's clearly pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, well, I mean, so was he balling against dudes like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Stephen Adams? I assume every basketball player in New Zealand looks like <laughs> Stephen Adams. Right. Or a character from The Hobbit. Yeah, I, yeah. Also a yeah. good guess. So it's like either real giant dudes or like guys that are four foot six. With flowing hair. <laughs> With, and yeah, hairy feet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever, dude. He balled on them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Will Chamberlain back in the day. Or it's it's like, like everybody's 5'5 five, five and he's 7'1. <laughs> Seven two, whatever it was. <laughs> and there's just like there's like sheep running <laughs> onto the court every now and then. Shout out to our New Zealand listeners. Sorry, that's I'm, yeah, very I'm sure to New Zealand. Sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah yeah he was uh, many uh, honors in the New Zealand in basketball league. Uh, won a title there in 2016. Was the most outstanding guard of a two-time all-star. Yeah. I'm excited for this guy. Yeah, he's going to fit in super well. Yeah, and, 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 you know, what you love about him is his versatility, right? I mean, as a defender, like, you can bring him in at the two, the three, or the four, you know, wherever you need to sure up something or wh- whatever the matchup dictates, and you feel like he can slot in and, and, and give you some de- defensive effort and some, yeah, some floor burns. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hopeful that he can help us just keep our defensive intensity at a higher level than we saw most last of the week. Last right, week. exactly. Indeed. Okay, last up uh, of the new guys is Brad Wanamaker. Uh, what do we know about I Brad? Think he, yeah, like I think you have dude. to say uh, his name in a German accent, uh, Jason. Vanamaker, um, because he was uh, just a beast in the German basketball league. Um, he was the uh, he won two championships and a, a final MVP, uh, most val- valuable player and best offensive player. Um, and he was the the uh, All Star Game MVP in in 2015 just for fun. So um, he's not actually German, but he. Uh, dominated the German league, so uh, I think we should start calling him Von the Mecca. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, been in the NBA three years. Started out with Boston. Uh, played there a couple years. Uh, in 2019-20, played 71 games for the uh, Boston Celtics. Bounced around between uh, the Warriors and the Hornets last year. Uh yeah, and then was a training camp signee of the Pacers. So it was sort of a, the last dude to make the roster. And has already uh, played two minutes for us. So yeah, nice. they, we, you know, we kind of opened up some space for uh, him when we decided to trade our, uh, you know, uh, Aaron Holiday, right? Because we didn't have a third backup point guard. So, you know, he kind of fits that bill as a guy that can see spot minutes there if we need him. 
Yeah, yeah. And he's just your um, classic uh, third point guard. Um, so solid with a rock, um, you know, doesn't, scores a little. Doesn't turn it over. Shoots yeah. okay. Exactly, yeah. Actually, yeah, shoots pretty well. Um, not a great three-point shooter, so don't expect a lot from that side of the line for him. Uh, all right, so those are the um, newest members of the team. So we did a preview pod uh, a couple weeks ago and uh, made our predictions. Colson predicted us to go 82-0, and which um, I thought was strange. I've already lost that but, bet. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, no. Um, let's see. I believe. Uh, sorry, I'm pulling up the the preview now. Uh, I believe that Harper was the highest on this team. Oh, yeah. at 48 wins by far. So, what's driving this uh, uptick for you, Harper? Uh, I mean, Demonis Sabonis is super good at ball. And he's going to be okay. better this mm-hmm. season. He's 25. I mean, I'm not surprised that we were able to, you know, put up 120, 125 points, right? I mean, I think this team is capable of that um, with some consistency. Uh, I, I was just super surprised to see a Rick Carlisle team look so unfit on defense. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that those things will even out as the season progresses and, you know, w- with how good Duarte has been been playing for us i'm totally sold on this kid so regardless of what happens with uh you know tj warren i think that we got the we got the ponies in the stable to make this thing go i you know i was i had when we did the schedule pod i predicted 46 wins and then when we did the um um our predictions i went with 44 i believe is that right mm-hmm. um i knocked a, down a couple because i'm I got a little nervous as the uh, the middle class of the NBA seemed to improve in my mind. Um, and um, I do think this team will be better because it can't be worse than it was last year. I mean, the kind of defensive effort we put out last year was was sickening. Um, and, and if you put out any, any effort on the defensive end, you're bound to win a few more games. Um, and so um, I, just, I just don't know how quickly it'll come together. Um, it's, it's a tough early stretch in the schedule. Um, you know, will we get discouraged and, you know, or will we, you know, trust in, in Carlisle and be able to kind of come out of this? So. Yeah, I was the lowest of us um, on this team. I seem like a 500 team on paper. Part of that is driven by um, availability of players, right? So, um Levert's coming in this season, recovering from a back fracture, stress fracture in a vertebrae, which just doesn't right. sound nice to me at all. Although and apparently he's supposed to be available soon-ish, if not already this week, as Colson mentioned. And then TJ Warren, um, still in a walking boot, just basically we check in with him every three weeks and are like... Uh, that ligament healed no okay cool <laughs> no timetable uh, for his return so i don't yeah i mean this is basically a guy that hasn't run for over a year now right like r- just run 
in a straight line. So even once he gets like the boot off, it's going to be another, I would guess, two to three months before he's even available. So, you know, maybe he's a really nice addition as we're heading towards, you know, down the home stretch and can come in and, and, uh, uh, you know, contribute and score some buckets. But, uh, yeah, I, like you, Colson, am also more worried about the, the improved quality throughout the Eastern Conference. Like, so the, the middle class, if you will, I think is all going to be pretty tough. <clears throat> I do think that I, I underestimated the uh, return of fans mm. to the field house and the, uh, hopefully, return of a home court advantage. The Pacers last year went 13 and 23 Mm. at home which is just disgusting and um it should have been the only thing that they had to like say to people in the in firing uh, (laughs) bjorkran it's like dude you went 10 games under 500 at home in a place where we for 30 years we yeah it for 30 years have won (laughs) over 50 percent of our games at home so so that should be good um and the other thing that's that's booing is, you know, we talk about Carlisle a lot as, you know, just a, a good coach and a game manager, but he's also really good, I think, at figuring out um, lineups that work. And I think that's going to be the real, that has been the real challenge, I think, for this team in the last few years, is there's this glut of talent, right? Like, we have a very deep roster, but you got to make all the things fit together in the right way. And I... I think Bjorkren struggled with that a lot last year, um, obviously. But I think McMillan even struggled with that at times in his tenure, is, is figuring out who are the guys to get on the floor. How do you work this Sabonis-Turner, um, you know, the age-old question of Sabonis and Turner on the floor. And if anybody can figure it out, I think Rick Carlisle can, right? Yeah. So, My concern... We'll otherwise had had really been you know kind of all the ben simmons drama and it seems like now with having signed malcolm brogdon to you know an extension it seems like we're going to put that in the rearview mirror and and can be comfortable with the team that we have in the locker room as the team that we're going to go to war with this year so uh i think that 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 helps a great deal getting these guys you know prepared and settled in and on the same page so i think that's a good thing for us so I get the jitters, but <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to be. All right. No, that's a good point because that was kind of hanging over the team, right? I mean, because we we had been shopping Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner um, and anybody that would fit and probably draft picks and Levert and Levert. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when when we uh, signed uh, Brogdon to the extension, he's unable to be traded this year, so um, we're kind of out of the Ben Simmons um, lottery. And I think that's for the best. Um, speaking of guys, we, when we were doing our four new guys, uh, shout out to uh, Edmund Sumner, who's no longer with the team. I forgot about that. We traded him for cash, I think. <laughs> Cap sure. space. I don't know. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, that's, uh, he's uh, yeah, recovering yeah. from an injury. So. We're trying to get a a body who could play on the squad. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be back around the league, though. Mm. He's a, he's a talented kid. Without a doubt he is. 
So if you guys were to predict um, who would be the, the most improved pacer at this point uh, going into this season, who, who, who do you like on that end? Like who's going to be the guy that is the difference maker, um, you know, from last year's team to, to this year's team that's, that's going to take us from a, you know, a midland team to, you know, up into the, say six fifth six seed something like that so i know this is not harper's answer <laughs> but i think the answer is miles turner i know that i you know i know that okay. uh he shows flashes and he's inconsistent every year um but i've just been reading a lot of uh not only his stuff because he usually comes out and says you know every year this is gonna be my best year i've been working on this thing whatever but uh, a lot of stuff from Carlisle, who's just really optimistic about using Miles Turner in different ways and having him uh, be more part of the offense. You know, last year he was the fifth option, you know, and uh, we just used him as a, as a shot blocker. Uh, but he's an incredibly uh, talented, uh, you know, offensive player if you, you know, put him in the right positions. And I think Carlisle's a coach who can do that. And I think, I think you're going to – it may still be inconsistent, but I think you're going to get um, – the kind of explosive games we got from game two where he scored 40 points, not every night, but I think he's going to be more of a force on the offensive end that really, and, and continue to be the defensive force he already was. So uh, I, I think he'll be the most improved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would be great news for us. I mean, having a guy out there with the physical gifts that he has not putting pressure on the other team's defense is, is, is a, is a real right. waste. So I certainly like to see the, the increased aggressiveness. The question itself is just it's tough, right? Cause you know what you got in Domus, you know what you got in Brogdon. Like you'd be real surprised if these guys made some quantum leap out here this right. year. Uh, you know, TJ McConnell was playing so far out of his gourd last yeah. year that it'd be mean mm-hmm. of me to tell him that he had to be my MIP <laughs> this year. Um, you know, so, I mean, that pick makes a lot of sense to me, but, you know, really just what we need is availability from some of these guys, right? I mean, we need mm-hmm. to see if mm-hmm. TJ Warren is going to play basketball in a Pacers jersey again, right? I mean, we haven't gotten to see Karis LeVert at all. Um, you know, obviously... You know, Duarte is is very exciting and uh, probably taking all of Justin Holiday's minutes. That dude is falling down the death chart mm-hmm. right now. Um. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm I am excited to see what Levert can do for us. Uh, it would just you know it, it's nice to have a dynamic scorer and two way player out there. Um, you know, he's certainly a guy I look forward to, to do big things, but you know, again, I, I don't know if that really fits the MIP bill. Oh, I mean, I think if he, if he had, you know, came back and did big things, he didn't really do much for us last year. So, <laughs> cause he was injured most of the season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we, we right. only got glimpses of what Lavert is capable of. Um, my worry with him is he, to be his most successful he sort of needs to have the ball in his hands a lot. And I wonder, at least so far, right, we've had, we've seen some brilliant offensive performances. Um, and a lot of that has come from lots right. of ball and player movement, right? And not a lot of, like, you know, just running a pick and roll to get a, a nice ISO matchup and clearing out and letting a guy go to work, right? 
Um, I'm not saying that Levert can't exist in a system like that. I just don't know if it's his best, uh, you know, skill set or whatever. Yeah, definitely potentially an issue. It's interesting you mentioned mentioned Justin Holiday because, um, especially on uh, in terms of availability, because he is the guy that has been available. Like he played all eighty two last year, or seventy two last year, and all all the games before that as well. And I think he's also um, one of the guys that's like sort of the lieutenant. I think for Carlisle, mm-hmm. it seems like he's uh, at least in these first few games seems to be very on top of like here's what we're doing this possession guys like here's you know let's do this play like all that stuff and and it's taking Duarte under his, his wing I think so um you know he was the t- he was a guy last year that you couldn't keep off the court right. basically because he was so good yeah he was hitting the uh, three ball and playing defense on a team that didn't play defense <laughs> so yeah exactly that's exactly right yeah so and he's just mm-hmm. so steady, like he's he's a, a consummate veteran or professional, you know. So, so I, I have a, I have a question. Um, um, is okay. Is TJ Warren the best player on this team? I mean, regardless of availability, like if he comes back again, as you mentioned, we're talking about you know months after he actually gets out of a boot. But if he comes back anywhere close healthy before the end of this season. Doesn't that elevate us quite a bit? I mean, he's he was our best player two years ago, right? He was our best scorer two years ago. I don't know if he was our best player. Uh, I think Domus has been our best player for the past two to three seasons. Uh, but regardless, he definitely elevates us. I mean, he's the type of guy that you know you don't have to call plays for, and he makes things happen. And he's really good at reading, uh, you know, when defenses break down and making the proper cut and, you know, getting easy buckets. And, you know, he really stepped up his defensive efforts. I agree. Um, uh, when it, I guess it was two seasons yeah, ago, right? Yeah, Before the pandemic. Did Miami not know so. that he had that club right. in the back. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean... I just, and I think, you know, you talking about how Karis LeVert might not fit in, in sort of a, a, you know, a ball and player movement system. You you just, you got to believe that TJ Warren would thrive in that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, you know, both LeVert and Warren gives the team tons of flexibility, right? So, you know, you think of the Pacers and you think, uh, you know, it's this big behemoth of a lineup where they're playing two gigantic guys at four and five in Sabonis and Turner. But with uh, Warren and Levert, it really gives us the ability to play small ball as well if we want to. And, you know, Carlisle is particularly adept at using these small ball lineups to be super effective in stretches. Like you could definitely see lineups where, uh, you know, Warren is almost at the five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could imagine a lineup like that. With Duarte and Levert and Brogdon and uh, Justin Holiday or something like that, like that's just a nutso lineup that well, could do some. Yeah, game. we could totally trot that out, you know. And, and Levert, I I agree, he's maybe not the most natural fit for a Carlisle system, 
but you know, at least in my head, you know, he, he could really do a lot to run a second unit for us mm. and, and, you know, make those guys who maybe aren't as comfortable with the, you know, finer points of NBA offenses uh, and, and kind of take them to another level. So uh, I, I would love for him to be a, a leader for us on that second unit along with McConnell. Mm. Yeah, there were definitely moments in, I think it was, I mean, both of these games where, or all of the games that we've seen so far where uh, you're looking at the the second unit on the floor and you're like, um, okay, so who's going to score here? Yep. Um, yeah, and like Buckner's on the call and he's like, yeah, Miles, you every time shoot, down because like, you're down. surrounded by <laughs> the best dude like out here. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I mean, I think we're all excited to see what this team can do. I think that last year was such a uh, a, a disappointment, right, in terms of uh, people being healthy and we had the whole depot situation and, and a new coach that we had no idea what was happening from night to night. And now I think we're going to get back into a normal NBA rhythm of uh, Carlisle figuring, figuring out his lineups and, and uh, piling up some wins. Let's win some basketball games. Uh, I don't know about 48, but I'm real excited that you're that excited, Harper. We got this. got this. You uh, have a special delivery stat of the week from uh, Mr. Joseph Gufreda, who is in absentia. (laughs) That's right. Um, So, uh, Joey's stat of the week. I don't know. How does he set it up? He always says, I I got a stat of the week for you, but he says it in like a real deep, sexy voice. Um, so Joey stat of the week stat of the week the Pacers started uh, their first two games losing by one point Mm -hmm. in both the games it is only the second time in NBA history that a team has started the season losing by one point isn't that amazing uh can you guess what the other team was? I'm going to go with the Indiana Pacers. It was an Indiana team. The Fort Wayne Pistons? That is correct, sir. The 1955 Fort Wayne Pistons started out uh, losing their first two games by one point. Um, they uh, ended up starting one and five, I believe. Yeah, one and five. I'll make sure I don't mess mm-hmm. up Joey's stat. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, with two huge um, winning streaks in the season, went on to the NBA Finals. Uh, they lost there, but I think this is a good omen. I think Joey does too, and that's why it's the side of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we, you know, when we make it to the NBA Finals, if we lose there, I'll still consider it a successful season. <laughs> 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 You're, I agree. You soften so much. Very you know, chill about old age. Uh, so shout out, Joey, for your stat of the shout week. Shout out. Shout out. All right, we should get out of here and uh, uh, catch up on all the games that have happened already and, and find out how why we're <laughs> wrong already. <laughs> Uh, so thank you, fans, for listening. We really uh, are amazed that people listen to the show and really appreciate Quite it. Quite a few of them, apparently. <laughs> uh, definitely uh, keep in touch with us. We uh, 
our old guys, so we're not the most adept at social media, but we are on there. We are on Twitter at Undebutables, uh, Facebook.com slash The Undebutables. We have a website with a contact form, TheUndebutables.com. Uh, or you could, you know, fire up your hotmail and, and email us at uh, shoutout at TheUndebutables.com. Uh, and uh, if you want to buy a t-shirt... There's one lone T-shirt taking up space in Joey's house. He can't keep That's it right. there much longer. He needs longer. room for diapers and stuff. He's got a baby growing. The, yeah, exactly. Help him out. So buy that thing. and For the architect, Donnie Walsh, and our once and always Hall of Fame coach, Bobby Sicklinard. Turn out the lights. The party's over. I'm Von the Mecca. I'm Brad Von the Mecca. <laughs> Excellent. Oh man. <laughs> I just want him to work his way nice. in the lineup a lot more so we can break that out. <laughs> I don't know why any of this Yeah, this is all <laughs> What are we even doing here? <laughs> We're giving the people what they want, course. Giving the people what they want. Exactly. Oh, nice work, team. Mm-hmm.